Hey friend, welcome to Aspirations, the General Giant Fan Podcast. Hey friend, welcome back. This is episode 9 of the podcast. Tonight we're going to be featuring Brady Arnold. He was in the Proclamation Gentle Giant fan video that made Prague Magazine's 2020 Event of the Year. The Aspirations Gentle Giant documentary group was formed as a fan-based effort to get a documentary about Gentle Giant off the ground. With over 61 albums to his credit, Brady Arnold got his start in the mid-80s. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Most of his albums feature just him playing. Brady announced that he was going to be making his final album, Forever, which debuted on October 1st. And much like Gentle Giant, Brady Arnold had to follow his own path in music. His story is one of overcoming a lot of obstacles. Several times during his music career, he had to sell instruments just to survive and then build his entire set of gear all over again. Apart from his work in music, he works with computer graphics and computer 3D modeling, as well as producing his own videos for his music. Like Gentle Giant, Brady Arnold had to forge his own path in his career, and I believe that the value of a person's music is directly proportional to the amount of work and passion that they put into their music. And Brady has certainly done that. I got a chance to talk to him. Here's our conversation. All the music and video on tonight's episode was written, performed, and produced exclusively by Brady Arnold. You can find Brady Arnold on YouTube at Brady Arnold Music. You can find him on the web at BradyArnold.com. And you can find all of Brady's music on BradyArnold.Bandcamp.com. So here's my conversation with Brady Arnold. Hey, Brady. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Kirk. Yeah. Well, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, Absolutely. You and I crossed paths um, when the proclamation, Gentle Giant video came out. And I saw you on it. And when I started my documentary project, I wanted to connect with some of the people that were in the video. And... You were one of the first ones that I kind of zeroed in on and you're in there about five different times. And um, you can see my hands too, a lot on the keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's how we connected and we started talking and then I started looking into your music and I guess, I mean, you've been in music for 30 plus years at least. Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, and October the 1st, which was my birthday, 
<laughs> you debuted your album Forever. And that, as you had said, I wish I'd written down what you said, but you basically said that this was going to be your final album. And yes. so that's how we connected. Um, but I, I wanted to know, first of all, how did you get your start in music? What, what was that like? I mean, Oh boy. Um, well, uh, I guess, uh, the thing that, um, got me into songwriting was, uh, my, uh, my drums got stolen by one of the first guitarists that I was jamming with. And so I, this would have been spring of 91. I went to go borrow his, one of his guitars and just kind of ended up never giving it back. And, um, you know, I was just kind of left with this guitar sitting around. And so I uh, decided, let's just go ahead and start writing songs. And uh, yeah, I took to it pretty naturally, it felt felt like. And um, yeah, so uh, I wrote my first songs in the spring of 91. And then it seemed like just immediately, um, I don't know, fate kind of moved me along. Uh, got, it sort of like it made it to where I crossed paths immediately uh, just a few months later with my good friend, uh, Adam Wheeler. Uh, we'd been friends before because we were brought together by our love of drumming. And uh, he was the guy in the uh, Gentle Giant covers uh, singing and playing the drums. Oh, he's he's awesome. His voice. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's now he's uh, he's pretty successful doing the uh, lullaby thing. But uh, yeah, he's he's made a mint uh, and was able to retire from music doing that but yeah we were uh, we uh, got together in uh december of 91 and started our first band from there after i started writing my first songs and yeah because of the fact i'd switched to guitar we were able to do the band thing and then um from there uh yeah my first band formed uh, stonehenge and then uh in the 92 uh first gigs and first uh music recordings uh were done huh? <laughs> yeah stonehenge uh yeah. later changed to unhinged <laughs> oh, well named um, after uh spinal tap yes i know yeah that oh, that, <laughs> that movie's great um you're you're in it you're obviously i mean you made 61 albums okay um, yeah. <laughs> in, in your music you do the writing lyrics guitar bass keyboard drums you record, mix, produce, cover art, putting it up on all these social media groups. I mean, and you speak Russian, you're, <laughs> I'm guessing you're a fairly intelligent guy. Um, I've been told that. <laughs> what, but More persistent though, I would say. Did music itself kind of connect with you at a certain age? Did you, did you? Oh yeah. Did you, I mean, before you got the guitar and did the band thing, um, can you remember like a point when it really connected? It was there oh, definitely uh, back in the eighties when I was sat down in front of MTV, uh, just, there were a lot of uh, artists. The, the new wave thing was really the first like music that was my own. And um, yeah, definitely the early eighties, uh, like sort of electronic new wave, uh, new romantic sound. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that, that was definitely some of the first stuff that, that really, I loved uh, bands like uh, The Cure and The Fix, Tears for Fears, a lot, a lot of those artists that came out of that time. Uh, Talk Talk. Um, yeah, the Human some League. Stuff, some of your stuff is a little bit 
I would say reminiscent or makes me think Depeche Mode a little bit, some of it. Yes, Depeche Mode. That they they were one that I discovered later. Um, yeah, they, I don't know why they weren't played as much on MTV. Uh, at least I didn't see them uh, yeah, until like later 80s. But yeah, definitely uh, love Depeche Mode. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, you would say, you would say, you know, new wave bands were kind of what mostly connected with you and you got the guitar. How did that go into multiple instruments? I mean, Oh, well, it's funny because, um, I started on the drums back in 88 and that's what led me to stealing the one guy's guitar back in 91, but in between the drums and, uh, then the introduction of guitar in 91, there was also, um, there was also sort of keyboard always there in the background, like through the late eighties and early nineties, kind of dabbling. My brother bought a keyboard in 1990 and I, I would always kind of sneak it, sneak session it. And so I was kind of at the same time, parallel learning keyboards too. And so, yeah, it was only natural then that I could kind of branch out to other instruments from there. Um, but yeah, um, I would say, the, the sort of the drums and keyboards are what I really started with. And then, yeah, like guitar was kind of like my final instrument that I learned, like more stringed instruments. But then in, I would say, 92, I got more serious about doing keyboards. Uh, my brother finally just gave in and gave me the keyboard that I kept sneaking. Uh, and so I was able to, you know, actually owning one, I was able to get a lot better on that uh, summer of 92. So the bass, the bass guitar just kind of was naturally followed. Yeah, like uh, being around um, my first band, kind of just picking up off them. Uh, like I said, they were uh, they, they were just very talented individuals. Uh, the the rhythm section, uh, John, my cousin, who played bass uh, in in my first band, Stonehenge. Uh, yeah, just he was uh, an incredible, still is a an incredible bass player, and so I kind I'd like to you know, I guess contribute or, or attribute some of my bass playing skill to him, like, you know, being kind of watching him closely, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, did you have, did you either have keyboard or bass or guitar heroes, guys that you really wanted to emulate? Oh, yeah. Um, Tony Banks, for sure, on the keyboard. Um, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I definitely for a long time aspired to write like just like him as well tried to like I really studied uh everything like his his compositional style and his playing style and um yeah definitely uh for quite a few years really closely examined him really loved Carrie Maneer too uh later on uh, with General, the Gentle Giant thing but uh as far as the guitar it was always uh like Steve Howe and Steve Hackett at first and then Robert Fripp okay yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, um, you've got several albums on your YouTube channel. And I'll be putting all your info about Bandcamp and YouTube. Oh, um, excellent. Um, Appreciate that. There'll be links. It'll be up on the screen. But uh, you had the 90s tapes. Huh. So you were, you were right there, I, I guess, for the I mean, the beginning of like music writing on computers. Yes. Some of the, some of the pirate stealing music stuff that was <laughs> going on. And then of course the whole Napster moving into iTunes, you know, 
the music in industry getting away from like you had to get a studio to allow you to make music. And, yeah, you did things on tape. <laughs> and and you were kind of at you had to be what the studio wanted. You, I mean, your music had to be your image, everything. They were calling the shots. Oh, and, yeah. The record label definitely in charge. So you were able to see that shift. I mean, you kind of were getting into music right when that shift was about to happen. And now anybody can get on and do anything, regardless of quality. Um, there, are, there are some people putting out some music right now that I wish there was a record company that could crush their hopes and dreams and make them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it's unfortunate that, I mean, you know, I, I, I do, I do like that people can follow their dreams, but it also seems like in this digital age, you got a lot of people that are just doing it just because they can. It's like, it's just something, it's a yet another thing they can do with a computer and there's not really, at least back in the days of the studio time where you had to pay for studio time, uh, it, you, you know, it was something that sort of separated people that were more passionate about it. You know, you, you were, you definitely had to be really passionate to want to pay studio time to get your ideas on the record. Mm -hmm. And so um, at least back then, you know, that, that was one of the better things about back then, but still it's, it's great too, to have that, the technology so cheaply available through software now, but yeah, unfortunately it, it creates a lot more artists to have to wade through and, you know, it's a lot more people to have to shout above, like, hey, listen to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of where I wanted to go, because um, at one point, it, it became something serious for you, where you were putting your music um, in album form on the internet. I mean, you had chosen a route. We kind of talked about that. You had kind of chosen a route to go your own way. You'd played in some bands. You'd done some live music. But doing your own thing was really kind of what you wanted to do but yet especially now like you said um you're in a sea of people that are putting out you know uh people almost have to stumble upon you with your music yeah you, you do need some sort of gimmick to to get heard above that that sea of musicians and yeah if anybody has any suggestions i'm all ears <laughs> Well, I, lo I love some of your, the funny videos you've done and you, you had a couple up the other day and you took them off. I'm not sure why, but uh, uh, I shared what was it like some of the in the studio stuff. Well, it was um, some comedy videos you did. And uh, okay. I shared it with my brother. He was like, what the hell was that? I uh, oh, it was can you remember uh, so, like some of the specifics? Um, meet the derps and don't, oh okay don't eat it fred's because he eats rats or something oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah um I, I need to put that back up yeah it was um more a uh, rage quitting youtube uh god that's a whole uh there's there's an upload i did on behind the multi-track channel uh, uh laying out all of the the crimes of youtube against me so <laughs> yeah i i th that was like my I was trying to give it another go with the, uh, the comedy thing. I've got this huge backlog of, um, like funny videos like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a long sorted history with YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. I got, I got my first channel deleted in 2006. So we, we got started early. Well, um, yeah, you had several viral videos and we don't have to go there, but, um, you had some bad experiences with that. So you've seen the good and the bad of the music industry. 
at least for someone like you. You've seen the good and the bad of it, but you still, um, you put out, let me just talk about some of the albums you did. Um, sure. One thing I, I was of particular interest, you did about four albums that was inspired by the King Crimson project. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to listen to Icy, I believe it was Icy Scales was one of them. Was that the first one? Uh, that would have been, uh, I think, the second, no, third. Uh, yeah, and that features uh, Adam Wheeler once again uh, on drums. Uh, okay. Yeah, session musician extraordinaire. We had a fun time doing that. <laughs> that was, that, I would, I mean, it was really good. I mean, uh, I think the King Crimson Project, from what I understand, they were basically doing it to get ideas. Yes. Okay. Kind of try to figure out which iteration of, of the lineup sort of which which lineup would work the best into the new millennium okay. yeah I, I always loved uh every one of those that they did projects one through four haven't heard x much but yeah um love that improvisational spirit behind it well in uh trying to get ready for this interview i probably i've probably done about 45 hours of work and i wow yeah and Thank you. <laughs> a, a good majority of that, what was I enjoyed it, but a good majority of that was listening to your albums. Uh, I got to see your new Brady, your your new website. That is BradyArnoldMusic.com. Uh, yeah, BradyArnold.com. I, I used to have Brady Arnold Music, uh, lost that one. Uh, but yeah, BradyArnold.com. Very proud of that. Okay, BradyArnold.com. Look nice. You, you were able oh, to. Thanks. You were able to see a view of all sixty one albums i think and each one would pop up with a description there was a little bit of a bio background and you were able yeah, to yeah i'm trying to trying to go in and be real comprehensive with those descriptions and bios and stuff still adding some too <laughs> nicely done i oh, thank you um so i got to listen to icy scales that was one of the project inspired albums uh existence uh ice age destroyer of time Gitmo Gitas. What what's the name of Gitmo Gitas? Is that uh, yeah, the land of Ta. Um you'd have to uh look up uh Justin Wang's uh YouTube channel. Uh he's got a whole series on um Gitmo Gitas and the land of Ta. Basically, some lost uh it became this internet mystery that everybody was like, what is this? Oh. And so um it was this lost like artwork that that was part of this like fictional series um the the land of ta get mogitas and uh yeah it, i i probably don't do it justice explaining it but yeah if you could remember to search wang w-h-a-n-g uh gitas just wang and gitas like he's got a three-part series that it's really fascinating um I, i'm very intrigued by lost media stories, like lost, like things that appear out of the ether seemingly and people can't figure out, like masses of people get together and they can't figure out like, where, where did this come from? Hmm. Like the uh, world's most mysterious song and uh, what have you. I don't know, stuff like that intrigues me. <laughs> now there were some random songs that particularly appealed to me. Uh, Beautiful Backgrounds was good. Oh, okay. That was yeah, I have a whole plethora of uh, instrumental stuff that I do uh, that, that kind of finds its way to the Brady Arnold uh, catalog, um, but starts off like um, under different artist names. Uh, one of my money making schemes. <laughs> well, 
Facing West was really good. Oh, thank I, you. I like Distraction and Haunting. Those were some. Those were some. Those were some that I I really kind of zeroed in. Your videos are really well made. Um, but let's get to Forever. Um, oh, cool. So, like I said, thirty years in the industry, and how does it feel to maybe be putting a period at the end of the sentence for for your music? How does that feel? Uh, yeah, it feels really good. Um, actually, uh, I, I, it's not a bitter thing. I'm not, I'm not quitting uh, totally out of like a bitterness. Sure. Um, somewhat, but um, I honestly, I, I after the forever thing, I was like, just ah. Uh, I don't want to ever go through that again, that level of attentiveness, like, you know, caring that much about production aspects and mixing aspects. And, you know, I, I, I was so, um, yeah, anal about everything. Just really, I was like, I don't want to ever, uh, yeah, it, it was a long, it felt like forever <laughs> to finish it too. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot, the, the bulk of the songs was a good, like four years uh, from start to finish, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that it's finally coming to an end, honestly. And I, um, I'm just really looking forward to uh, doing some uh, more like virtual reality stuff. And uh, I don't know. And yeah, I think the other thing is um, I understand that maybe uh, Brady Arnold is not the most marketable name. And so I kind of want to maybe if I do come back, uh, go under a different artist name, uh, try to find something more marketable. Okay. But yeah, it feels pretty good to, to be ending it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it's not a period at the end of your career. It's more of a comma. Yeah, comma, uh, <laughs> semicolon. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's get into the, let's get into forever. Um, For you, just kind of comes, I mean, it really comes on strong. I really like that bright new day, the final truth. Failing upwards was the earworm that I, at night, it kept going in, in my head. <laughs> I couldn't get that one out of my head, but um, the other game was good. And then you come to Ice Angel. I think ah. that one, that one was, I believe, the best, if, if you know, first or second best on the album. I, I love that one. Oh, that, good. Yeah, I was worried about that one. No, Not it was great. Um, kind of reminded me of... Uh, like big generator era yes oh yeah a little bit definitely big 80s oh yeah it really oh uh, yeah it really rock i mean i thought it was great um then you move on to i can't do this forever and i have to say that was probably one of the most i mean you really put yourself way out there on that it was just raw you laid it out on the on the table with that one and it was yeah it's basically uh the way i feel i feel at the time <laughs> well it was it was haunting and i i noticed a lot of the comments on youtube about it. it it really struck people and i i think one thing that i like about your music in general is when you are doing the lyrics okay you're very open it's it's like maybe the part that you wouldn't on a personal level share with somebody but yes that takes a lot to be able to put yourself out there about your emotions and feelings and your thoughts. You spend a lot of time, it seems, um, thinking about life and I guess the injustices of it sometimes, uh, how brief it is. 
you know, our mortality. But that song really, that took a lot to be able to just say that out there like that. And I really, I respect you for, for that. It was really good. Oh, thank you. Appreciate oh. that. Yeah, it, it was a hard, like, um, well, it was basically uh, just, uh, yeah, an outside looking in type of thing where I, yeah, I kind of got frustrated once again um, with how things were going and just kind of almost like looking at myself in pity. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate that, uh, um, taking the time and listening to it and, and you know, you're feedback for that I, I thank you <laughs> i just think i just thought it was real and genuine and honest and i, I like that about your music so um thanks I, I had asked you which which album do you think was the one that really got my attention and and you had to get do you still do you have a better guess existence anti-human anti-human oh okay that that was just genius i mean i i love that i had it okay i'm, I'm playing i got my little uh phone sit there underneath the dash in my truck and i was listening to it on the way back from wisconsin and i was just like yeah that's what i'm talking about it was it was really good i that's that's what i'm going to be putting at the end of the show uh that was yeah that was actually conceived more than 20 years ago uh late uh, summer of 2001 through fall of 2000, like November of 2001 would have been the last bit of writing that I did on that. Oh, it was just, it was just brilliant. I mean, I, I loved every minute of that. You go off into some, or we want to say avant noise <laughs> in, in between some of the songs, but um, golf song, that was just great. Passing signs was like, wow. It, that was one I was kind of always worried about that. Um, that I, I was I wasn't sure if I'd done a good enough job on, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just on every level. Um, Adventures at Sea, and, and and these are longer songs. They clock in at eight nine minutes. Um, Adventures at Sea is just yeah. I wish that I was, was a tough one. <laughs> well, I wish I was a music critic, but uh, you know, you for a prog guy. I mean, you know. Um, people that like a lot of the kind of bands that I like this was right up my alley um <laughs> yeah it definitely came from a place of uh King Crimson a uh, little bit of General Giant but yeah definitely um oh. definitely trying to get the prog out on that one well I tell you one thing and now that was just you you were you didn't have anybody collaborate with you no yeah that was definitely that one was all me <laughs> That and that, now that in and of itself, for you to be able to put that together and do that yourself is, I mean, it's just amazing. I, I loved it. I can't wait for everybody to hear this because this is like, I'm just amazed that one guy can do that. So, yeah, it was a, it was, that one was a slow composition though. But yeah, I, after a while, after you write for so long, you kind of, you're like, you save bits. You're like, okay, that, you start like collecting bits and then you, you kind of put it out on a board and you know, yeah, that one was definitely written slowly. So I was able to, and that, that was actually um, one of the first times that I was starting to uh, write via uh, assistance with computers as well. Not necessarily the computer doing it for me, but I was able to like take what was in my head and put put it on the computer and then section things around and like really hear how it would sound 
rather than have it all up in my head. So yeah, I was I was working those rough ideas out on uh, uh, the very uh, outdated uh, music generator, which kind of made it a little bit onto the final product. Um, it made it a lot more so on the original version of Anti-Human, but yeah, um, you can thank computers for that as well. But uh, yeah, a very uh, interesting um, uh, utilization of computers there. <laughs> Well, you should be proud. I, I, I can't wait to share it with people because it's it's really good. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. So, we're going to kind of move on to. Um, okay, you obviously were into Genesis and, you know, King Crimson and so on. How did you? I mean, it seemed like I like I said before to other people. I've said you almost have to stumble upon Gentle Giant. When did they kind of come on your radar? Oh yeah, um, 1997, summer of 97. Well, really 1996, I heard the name. So that was like, it, it stuck in my head. Um, the drummer of my second band, Critical Mass, uh, he said, oh yeah, you gotta listen to them. And then it was a year later after that, I was with another drummer, drummers, um, a guy named Mike, we were tooling around in his car going back and forth to these practice sessions and he was playing um, freehand. And so I, that really stuck in my head. I was like, yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, and then unfortunately, yeah, four years later uh, would, would be when I finally got freehand. Uh, yeah, 2001 was when I first started uh, really digging on the giant. Okay. Do you have yeah, any... Free Freehand would have been the uh, first album I, I got into. Okay. Do you have any Gentle Giant favorites? Oh, God. Your uh, albums. Oh, album-wise, I would, I immediately, without thinking about it, I'd have to go towards acquiring the taste. Something about that one, it sounds like they just shoot light years ahead. Uh, it's weird. It sounds like, um, it almost sounds like it's uh, done more recently than a lot of their other albums <laughs> very interesting yeah it uh, i had this the same kind of uh experience with that it 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 sounds like it doesn't sound like their second album it sounds like it's somewhere down the line but it's yeah it, it shoots way forward <laughs> um you did quite a few uh you did quite a few gentle giant covers over the years um you did have one album in your uh, on bradyarnold.com and it's uh, i think it's called progressive covers i think ah yes progressive pieces <laughs> um you did a you did one called close to the hedge which was really <laughs> so yes now you, i'm guessing you did that just kind of you didn't have any sheet music you just you just kind of sat down and did it i mean is that kind of how that yeah went? pretty much like I, st I started getting a like a steve howe thing going and then i put like a Chris Squire bass over it and then kind of tried to do some Rick Wakeman style uh yeah. organ swells. <laughs> it's still amazing that you could, you know, do something like that, just one guy, but it was that was good. You did a, a take on uh Gentle Giant called The Apartment, The Street, The Room. It was kind of the same. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the exact song. It wasn't really a cover, but it was like a spin on it. It was really good. Yeah, just kind of uh, alternate melodies, um, kind of a an arrangement alike, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, I've got a few of those, um, where Carrie Maneer will jump into my brain and I'll start writing like him all of a sudden. Um, 
Another one kind of similar to that uh, is the song that cannot be played backwards. Uh, it's very like Manier like from uh, um, acquiring the taste. <laughs> okay. So um, these were all prior to last year when you got into the proclamation video. You you had been oh, yeah yeah you've been doing these covers. You'd been playing the game and uh, two weeks in Spain and a lot of the other ones. But how did how did you get to be in the video? How did that come about? Uh, I saw the announcement from I believe it was Noah on the like the official social media of Gentle Giant, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I've already just done you know a couple of Gentle Giant covers privately, testing out studio gear, so I'm pretty warmed up. Let, let's do it. So um, yeah, I jumped right on it, um, and of course I, I shot an email to my friend uh, Adam who played on um, the other gentle giant covers and unfortunately he was kind of tied down at the time uh being on lockdown and everything and he didn't really have like drums set up and so unfortunately he, he didn't get to play on anything but yeah I, I jumped right to it and I got I actually got in regular communication with Noah I think it was, yeah Noah um or no um isn't it Noah Derek's son yeah yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I basically, uh, I was shooting so many clips that, yeah, we kind of got into communication uh, about, you know, yeah, like all the stuff I was sending. It's like, hope hopefully I'm not sending too much, but yeah, I, I kind of quickly just shot off all the uh, parts that I wanted to do. And then that was that. And then um, kind of uh, a couple months later it aired. <laughs> so I, now I'm guessing it wouldn't have been that as big of a deal to as it was to some of the other guys that were in the video because you've you've been on youtube before but it still had to be a thrill oh yeah to see uh that that not only gentle giant was uh, participating in it uh but yeah like some people from yes and uh what like king crimson uh yeah that that, that blew my mind uh wasn't it uh somebody from steve hackett band as well in there uh, yeah, that was that was definitely uh, really cool to see everybody like contributing to that. Um, I was very nervous watching the uh, playback, like <laughs> well, on the edge of my seat. It it turned out great. I mean, I, I've said before, I can't watch that video without getting kind of teared up because I I see uh, some some friends of mine, and now you. So, oh, cool. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. It is. It is very emotional seeing like that many people in on a project. Yeah, for sure. Well, so you you talked about a little bit about your future on one of your channels. Um, there was you had kind of let slip that you might be thinking about working on a Mellotron. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Um, that's kind of in early stages right now. I'm kind of working on securing the reel to reel. I'm kind of having some technical issues, but yeah, um, I'm actually a, quite an accomplished builder. Uh, I built, I built, I built this here guy right here, uh, the Gibson double neck replica. I built it from scratch, so I do have the confidence to carry out something like that. But um, yeah, basically, uh, let me try to put that back kind of in the early stages right now. And um, yeah, I think I'm hitting a, hitting a wall. My, my, my problem that I'm having right now is I got to align start points at the same exact position on the tape so that when I hit, like basically I'll, I'll be able to select across four instruments on four tracks and the start of each uh, instrument will, will be 
pretty much in alignment with each other, no matter what instrument I'm choosing. So yeah, I think unfortunately the reel-to-reel -reel that I'm borrowing uh, to, to cut to tape the instrument sounds, yeah, it's not going to suffice. I'm going to need a, uh, I'm going to have to spend some bucks to uh, find a four-track quarter-inch machine so I can monitor every channel what's going on to, to ensure that start points are kind of all aligned. <laughs> So yeah, um, but I've already secured all my tape heads and I've already got them actually working um, as far as being able to get a feed through them. So I know that they're good. They're all uh, mostly a matched set too. Mm -hmm. So it's all a matter of devising a sort of, um, a sort of track switcher uh, sort of uh, thing that they can sit upon so the tape heads can kind of slightly move uh, to the right position, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be one hell of a project. Uh, <laughs> well, this will be a, I assume this will be a YouTube project as your. Yes, definitely. Definitely want to share it for the views. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you'll also give a little bit of the history of, of the Mellotron and the basic ideas of how that works for guys that don't know, but um, that would be fascinating. Speaking of which, yeah, um, I actually started a Mellotron History YouTube channel. Uh, and I hope to be doing some stuff um, about that already. But yeah, um, it's linked off my Behind the Multitrack channel. I know, I just, when you said history of the Mellotron, that, that made me think of the uh, channel. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what channel I'd like to, uh, yeah, I, I may do it on the actual Mellotron History channel as far as the upload once I start uh, doing that. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I, I used to be a, a really huge Mellotron nerd. Um, one of my uh, mus other musician friends actually owns a real Mellotron. Uh, Fritz from New Jersey, uh, really talented musician. Uh, he's actually, uh, he does uh, music for national TV commercials. Um, yeah, he's like one of the head composers for all that. So, wow. uh, and one of my fans too. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of his as well, but uh, yeah, um, I'll definitely probably hit him up for some uh, advice on like technicals and whatnot concerning the Mellotron. <laughs> I've noticed that you have three or four YouTube channels, some that have splintered off. Um, are you, are you planning to consolidate onto one YouTube channel at one point? Um, I, I used to have everything more in one, but I find lately that people really like their, uh, people like, you know, if you stick to your wheelhouse. And so I probably won't. Um, it, it seems better to uh, kind of um, keep things uh, separated and, and not bombard people with, uh, if they don't want to be subscribed to, let's say like the, my own personal music project or, like the behind the multi-track thing. But yeah, um, I do want to also try to bring back the comedy channel as well. Um, I just had a moment of uh, rage quitting though <laughs> recently. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely do that. So um, there will be, or we're hoping there'll be some music in the, in the future, but maybe kind of incognito, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've got a few good, uh, a few better artist names that I'm kicking around. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, like I said about uh, forever, um, if I do get back to music, it'll probably be something more free and open, uh, something that requires less 
attentiveness, like crazy, crazy mad attentiveness as far as attention to detail. So yeah, um, you know, I don't want to ever say never uh, where that's concerned. So, well, I think I think forever just puts a nice bow on everything. I think it's you've had a, I mean, just what you've done so far, been a great music career, and uh, I know you know people will continue to see your music, but I am going to be playing again. I'm going to be playing uh, Anna Human at the end of this. Oh, cool. Can you tell us um, where, where we can find you just, just for the record, where we can find you? Um, well, basically, yeah, just from BradyArnold.com, it sort of branches out from there. Uh, it'll, it should lead to all my social media and Bandcamp. I've got a pretty well integrated, like the Bandcamp thing is pretty well integrated with the site. And yeah, um, on every page of uh, my official site to uh, upper right and upper left is all my social media and like, uh, I think I got rid of my YouTube links. Uh, my video links all go to Vimeo now. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I think I can still be found pretty easily on YouTube uh, searching me there. But uh, yeah, um, BradyArnold.com uh, is pretty much the portal. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, again, I'm going to be posting or uh, playing Anna Human, and it was really good to talk to you. Um, yeah, I'm, great to great to talk to you. All right. Well, I guess I'll wrap that up, but uh, we'll talk again, maybe. All right. Yeah, sure. I'm down. I'm down to do this again. Okay. Take it easy, man. All right. Have a good one. And that was my conversation with Brady Arnold. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. But stick around. The best part of the show, I save for the last. We're going to be hearing two tracks from the Forever album, Fade Away and Ice Angels. And then we're going to be hearing three tracks off of my favorite album, very prog inspired. The album from 2016, Anti-Human. We're going to be hearing three tracks, Passing Signs, Adventures at Sea, and Gulf Song. They will absolutely be worth your wait, so be sure to listen to the end of the show, especially if you're a prog fan. This will be right up your alley. And here we go with Fade Away. Slipping out the sands Watching the 
And that's tonight's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me. I'd also like to wish a late happy birthday to the greatest guitarist of all time, Gary Green. Hope you're listening. Well, guys, this has been fun doing this episode. Hope you join me next time. Long live the giant.